All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Bully Pulpit Podcast. This is Gary Calzone, um, and I'm here with Vic Selbs, um, who's at Vic Selbs YT on Twitter. He is our new guest host. We just signed him for a veteran minimum um, to come in and guest host when somebody like Ryan and I's schedule don't don't align. So, Vic, what's going on? Uh, hey, nothing much, man. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good to be here. Proud Canadian, as uh, and as you said, uh, sweet Canada's sweetheart. So uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to being here. <laughs> Sorry, I had to I had to play the Oh Canada song. Do you know all the lyrics? Did you not hear me just playing it? I know the words Oh Canada and that's about it because that's the name of the fucking song. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I know the American national anthem. Yeah, I, I would assume so, yeah. I've got a pretty good grasp on that one as well. Right. And then I also like on my like meme playlist that I play at parties, I, I play the Russian national anthem and people get really tripped out. It's funny. The old Soviet um, one? <laughs> what? The old Soviet one, oh, like, like the fucking like USSR one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, okay. So this is the point God episode. Um, emphasis on God. Point God. Um, no, we are not getting John Morant, so we can throw that one out of the table. Yeah. Um, we would. What we want to do is sit there and break down every single possibility for point guards for our team because we got Zach Levine, boss. We got Otto Porter, boss. We got Laurie Markkinen, boss. We got Wendell Carter, boss. At the point guard, we barely have jack shit. Yeah. So I say let's get it started. Let's talk about every single possible option. We've got Chris Dunn currently on contract. We've got Shaq Harrison uh, on a non-guaranteed. We have the rights to um, Archie Diacono and Walter Lemon Jr., um, We've got potential draft picks in Darius Garland, Kobe White, Pat Beverly, Terry Rozier, Mike Conley, Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball. Uh, I was going to say Nick Collison. Um, what the fuck is Collison's life first name? Darren Collison. Year, maybe. What'd you say? I said if we're tanking one more year. <laughs> Nick Collison coming back out of retirement. Didn't, his number, didn't, didn't they fucking retire his number in OKC? Yeah, he averaged like five points a game for them. Jesus Christ. Um, Corey Joseph, Rajon Rondo, Austin Rivers, Derek Rose, Tomas Sadoransky, Alfred Payton, Ish Smith, um, D'Angelo Russell, and then we've got the far-fetched guys like Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving out there. Those are all the point guards that I've seen available um, that have either been linked to the Bulls or I just noticed, hey, you know, let's talk about them because, yeah, so... Let's get it started. What we're going to do is talk about each point guard's fit with the Chicago Bulls. We're going to talk about each point guard's, um, what it will cost to get each of those guys. And then, like, where it'll fit. Because we need multiple point guards on the team. So, I mean, we can't stop at just one. And then, maybe at the end of this, we can create a little uh, tier list on that tier creator. And we'll, we'll share it with the public. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, man. Well, let's start with the homegrown talent. We've got Chris Dunn, Shaq, Archie, and Walter Lemon. Who do you want to start with? Uh, yeah, okay. So I figured we may as well start with the uh, with the biggest name out of those and the one that we had the most uh, hope out of it with uh, Chris Dunn. Walter Lemon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Jesus. Okay. Do you remember when everybody had like a huge boner for him like um, like two months ago? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's uh, quite a bit of hype coming in about him. Um, honestly, dude, I think with our point guard group, I think that we have a bunch of guys who could be really suitable backups, and that's pretty much it. I don't see any long-term answer out of our current Yeah, with, uh, even with Chris Dunn, I mean, he's a very viable backup option. Um, if we can look at him, you know, if we sign a point guard, we can, I mean, he's under contract. What we can do is extend him for like a $3 million, or not a $3 million, three-year, like $30 million contract and have him be a backup. Because, I mean, he's played, he's shown that he can play like really good without Zach Levine. So maybe staggering their minutes, you know, could could be of some use to us. I mean, he's still, um, I'd say he's like a borderline, borderline elite defender. Um, you know, he's always towards the top you know, of the league and like tipped passes. He was, I, I think he would have qualified for last year for top five at steals if he had played more games. So, I mean, let's talk about Chris Dunn. I mean, what are your thoughts? Um, do you have any hope of him being a starting point guard for the Bulls or for any other team? Oh, it's a, it's a tough one, man. I mean, before the season, like I remember last year in the draft, I was one of the few people who actually still believed in Trey Young towards the end of the of the draft process, like the pre-draft process. And but mm-hmm. I was in favor of us taking him because that's how much faith I had in Chris Dunn. I figured we may as well we should pick somebody else, you know, in a you know from a different position, right? Because why would we need a point guard? Right. Uh, he, no, I, that seems pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, at number seven, I I'm like, let's just get a center. We're either gonna get Bomba or Carter. I really wanted mm-hmm. Bomba because I you know I was on that hype train. There was a fucking song about him, a club banger. Um, which Ryan and I then remix into uh, Archie Bamba or Mo yeah. Archie, and we, we made that. So uh, we'll we'll have to reshare that song here pretty soon. But what? So I mean, what do you? What's what are the possibilities with Chris Dunn? He's on a five million dollar contract. We have the rights from this year, and I believe next. Or, or is this the last year of his contract? No, no next the last year. Is. year yeah. This yeah, is the last year. Well, we technically we could have next year too. Um, you know, yeah. if he either signs the, quali- the qualifying offer, I believe. Oh well, yeah. I guess uh, right. I think we have him for next year, and then we have to pay him. Right, because because we still have Denzel Valentine, who was the year before. Yeah. In in the draft, so. Yeah, I think uh, I think Chris is like it's tough. I mean, if we can keep him around as a back as a, a backup point guard, I'd be delighted. I really I really think he can be a great backup. But I agree, we have to stagger his minutes. He, he can't really play with Zach. Like It's pretty clear he has to have the ball. But I think when he does have the ball, he actually can do something, which is why I think it's going to be tough to keep him around. I don't think he's going to right. want to back up. I think his problem is, I mean, he might be, I mean, yeah, he, he's a, in theory, he's a driving kick point guard who plays really good defense. And, I mean, that, that might be getting phased out in the league, right? Yeah, you know, to, I mean, to an extent. And also, like, it's hard to be a drive and kick point guard when, you know, the other team knows that you have no ability to finish around the rim, like, at all. Right, right. I mean, you have to be, you have to be John Wall or Derrick Rose to pull that off into, in today's yeah. game. And even then, like, I don't know if that necessarily cuts it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that, that's a team where you have to be, you have to be an elite enough player if you play that style where you can throw a bunch of shooters around you and, be successful. Yep. 
Which, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Because, I mean, to an extent, like, that, that that's what we had in, like, Jimmy Butler on the wing, basically being the primary ball handler. Um, and we failed to put a bunch of shooters around him. Um, it, I mean, so for Chris Dunn, I mean, that's that's much tougher. I can't, I because, still can't believe we put Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade around Jimmy Butler. Jesus, like, you, you know who I actually, like, and, and I know this is, like, I always complain about people complaining, I guess, ironically, um, you know, that we didn't, you know, re-sign some of our, you know, some of our talent that we had um, in favor of signing, like, Rondo and Wade, but... I thought Etwan Moore was like the perfect hoy ball point guard that could play with Jimmy Butler. Me too. I would have wanted to keep him around, but the Pelicans really overpaid. I wouldn't have been willing to pay anything near what oh, they did. Really? So. I mean, he basically made Felicio money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean Felicio's not, I mean, Felicio's overpaid for Felicio, but Felicio's not, he, it's not like he's gathering a bunch of money. I mean, $8 million a year. Fucking Robin Lopez is making 14. Like, Talk, I mean, technically, he was overpaid, you know, by the. Sure. Yeah. I think it was by the Knicks. Uh, yeah. What, was it the Knicks who gave him that contract, or was it the Blazers? Uh, I think it was. The, I think the Blazers let him walk. I think they did the same thing with like Alan Crabb and uh, Batum and stuff. They've been trying to get out from not having to pay guys like that. Right. Alan Crabb is fucking scary. overpaid as hell too. Yeah. I mean, what is he making? Like eighteen. Yeah, something like that. That's, that's insane. Um. Which we'll get back to Alan Crabb a little bit later when we talk about one of our others. So, uh, Chris Dunn, what's the what's 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 your ideal situation for Chris Dunn? Uh, I think best case scenario, he wants to stick around in Chicago, and we can use him as a backup. Uh, I'd be delighted for that. I agree. We'd yeah. probably have to pay him to stay around as a backup. I could have to pay him maybe a little bit too much. Uh, Casey Johnson much? that he doesn't even have that much trade value, so it might be tough to trade. I think we have to probably give him like I'd be surprised if we paid him like under like eight, maybe. Like I honestly, I think he's gonna want to get paid under eight. Yeah, but yeah. Is, is that is paying him nine or ten? Is that overpaying him? Um, I think I think that I would probably be uncomfortable giving him that much. Really? Okay. I think so. Right. Just because so let's like, go... I just I don't know how how he's gonna fit in you know, as a right. backup, maybe, but. Yeah. Right. Let's let's move on to Shaq Harrison and RT Diak. Now I always put those two together because essentially like they're both like you know, two peas in a pod. Like they each do like a little bit different things. Um but like who, who do we keep one of them? Like they're both great options for a third string point guard. And mm-hmm. Shaq Harrison we we've seen can even fill in at the three if we want him. I, I don't think that's ideal, but I mean, guys like that can play multiple positions when they can go out and defend. Um, if we had him in a better situation, if we had better players that we can fill him in around, we could use that elite defense option. Because, I mean, Shaq Harrison, I mean, he's he's as good as they come defensively. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's a ball hawk. Um, both these two guys, I would like to absolutely keep one of them for sure. But it's a tough mm-hmm. decision. Because with Shaq, he's like a, he's a niche guy. Really. Like, you can bring him right. in at any so, point. Like, He's the kind of guy who there'll be games where he doesn't play, and then there'll be games where he plays like twenty minutes, like depending right. on who. And and Shaq Harrison is ours if we want him. Ryan, somebody can technically, you know, watch some games where he's diving for loose balls out of bounds. Um, 
you know, going all fucking kamikaze onto the opponent's bench to get a loose ball. Um, and be like, hey, I'm going to give this guy $6 million for a three, three, four-year contract and do the Bulls match that? Um, I don't know. I think Somebody can money, I wouldn't. There's no way. I mean, as right. I, said, I like I like Archie, man. He's a great team guy. Yeah, he's, right. a, he's a pretty solid shooter and all that stuff. But he's the kind of guy who you build, like, he makes such a difference in his, in the locker room, right? But, I mean, giving him anything over, like, I don't think he's worth more than the minimum, honestly. Like, as a basketball player. No. Like, and, and, stuff, for sure. I mean, if, if nobody throws him an offer sheet, I mean, I, I would just, I, I think no matter what, just kind of keep him around on the qualifying offer, which is, I believe, under $2 million. Yeah. Definitely, I'd be happy to do I that. I mean, at that point, I'd say, why not? No matter who you got on the team, even if you got four point guards on the roster, because he can fill in at the shooting guard. Uh, you know, in situations, Zach can move down to the three in situations. Um, so, I, like, I don't mind having four people at one position. Um, I was playing, I was doing a rebuild on 2K, and like a couple years down the line, um, I think it was like the Jazz didn't have a point guard and they had like eight shooting guards <laughs> yeah that happens man it's ridiculous yeah i played against the uh i played against the rockets and they had like one big and like two guards and that was it absolutely <laughs> it. On they're, the they're just, just a wing team pretty much yeah which yeah, i mean I was, I was you like, can kind of get away with that today yeah oh yeah i guess kind of yeah but with one big though right, yeah right. and i think uh I would be more than happy to keep both of them around for one more year and then, you know, give us another year to evaluate and kind of decide which one we want to stick with. Uh, I don't think any of them are obviously going to be starting guys like no way, but I mean, I think if I had to pick one of them, it would probably have to be Shaq. I think just because of that defensive ability, like he's, he could come in really useful in a lot he's, of different situations. He's a, yeah, a very good situational player that you mm-hmm. can have in your 10 through 15 spot. And then just pull him into a random game where, you know, things are tight and have him play like, you know, 25 minutes in that game because he's guarding their best shooting guard or whatever that might be. Um, Looking at that, though, what are your thoughts on Walter Lemon Jr.? Because like a lot of people on the interweb are giving him the Spencer Dinwiddie treatment. Like, Oh, you better not let this guy go. I mean, he's ours for the taking. We let go of Dinwiddie. So like he reminds a lot of people of, of, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie. And I don't, I don't know with those types of guys, like you, you can't just do that for everybody. Cause then otherwise we're just going to have a bunch of G league level talent that we keep for the sake of, for the sake of what, you know? Yeah, that, I mean, I'm, I mean, Walt Walt Lemon came in and he scored. He got some like Sean Kill draft pick kind of points at the end of the game, and that's pretty much it. Right. He, exactly. But, like that's pretty much it. Like, but if you look at his stats, like, he shot like seventeen percent from three in his yeah. time with us. Like, no bueno. There's there's no there's no place for a guy. Like, I like him. I mean, I, I like the story. I like G League guys coming up and putting up some points and stuff and all that. It's it's nice, the cute story, but I mean, I don't really think he's you know he has a place on our team in in the NBA really like like he's he's pretty he's a pretty abhorrent shooter but he came in basically took a bunch of shots and that's that's pretty much it so I don't I don't think he's a Dinwiddie guy I think Dinwiddie showed more promise right um, I, would you keep him as a two way um 
it might be worth giving a go to, but even then, I feel like I'd rather um, take another shot on like an undrafted rookie or something like that. I, I fuck, or I mean, if nobody you know gives them an NBA contract, like keep Jakar Sampson around. You know what I mean? Or or you know keep Jakar Sampson and and Raleigh Atkins or something like that, or you know an undrafted player, or whatever that might be. Yeah, I want to see more of Alkins. Actually, I, I actually really like him. Like he's, I think he could, uh, he could be all right. Like he's, yeah, he kind of reminds me of like Ronnie Brewer. Yeah, I can kind of see that. A little bit more athletic, though. Well, actually, I don't know. Ronnie like, Brewer was a fucking athlete. Didn't he have like a fifty-point night? No, that was uh, Aaron Brooks back in the day in Houston. Yeah. Oh no, no. There's a uh, some guy. One of the one of the Brooks had a or one of the. Um, one of the Brewers had like a fifty-point game for the Timberwolves one time. Corey Brewer. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Right. All right. So like, let's let's move on to these draft picks. Yeah. So we've got potential draft picks in Darius Garland and Kobe White. So uh, Darius Garland, we hear all kinds of rumors that he has a promise from the LA Lakers, but aren't the LA Lakers trying to shop that pick for either an Anthony Davis or a Bradley Beal type player? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it's uh, you know, it's the Lakers and it's a LeBron team. Like, it's pretty well accepted. He's not a huge fan of having rookies playing big minutes. Like, he's you know, that's that was kind of well reported on in Cleveland. They basically traded all their picks. Right. So, I mean, he they like not that not that Andrew Wiggins turned out to be a great player, but I mean, they basically said or LeBron basically told Dan Gilbert to fuck off with you know with. Uh, fucking Wiggins, and he yeah. listened to him. I know. And I think the Lakers are you know, they are more than happy to listen to him, I think, too. So I think, I think they are, too. But, I, you know, I, I think I think they've, they're trying to make some statements over there. Um, I don't know if LeBron likes it. So, potentially, you know, if that promise really is to Darius Garland, that could be their way of compromising with LeBron James, saying, we're not going to trade this pick unless something really, really big comes around, but we'll draft your guy. Yeah, okay, that's and, very and, possible. And Darius, good good luck being a catch-and-shooter in the corner. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's the thing. That's, what that's, a, horrible, that's a horrible way to develop in your first three years in the league when essentially you want to become Damian Lillard or even Steph Curry level. I'm not saying like that's. I mean, yeah, that that is my comparison, uh, at, at least for a ceiling for him. Um, yeah, I see a Damian Lillard ceiling. Yeah, that kind of thing. I mean, if he's great, he'll be amazing. Like he's an awesome shot creator. He's a good athlete. Like he can shoot. Like, yeah, I mean, he's right. a he's a good fit for most teams that aren't the Lakers. Honestly, like he's a he fits well offensively with us. Like he fits perfectly for us offensively. Right. And, and that's a situation where you have him and then you keep Dunn or, and or Shaq to, to come in and basically even out that, that defensive, you know, lacking that you have when you have Darius Garland and Zach Levine out there. Yeah, I think if we somehow end up with Garland, uh, I'm not entirely sure how that would happen, but I think if we somehow end up with him, I think we need to throw money at Patrick Beverly to come in and try yes. to help him, like, honestly show him defensively. Because if Garland... Garland has some real offensive skill. If he can become like an okay defender, fuck. I mean, he's our guy. Right. And if, I mean, if, if Patrick Beverly, like if the Clippers want to retain him or, you know, if somebody else is throwing him the bag and we want to get multiple players with our cap space, that's, I mean, 
I would love Patrick Beverly, and we'll, we'll talk about him in a few minutes, but I would love him. But if not, like, keeping Dunn and Shaq around doesn't cost you anything out of the cap, basically, because you're already technically paying for them. So then we can use that money that we have elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's definitely that's definitely an option. I mean, well, that's why we're doing this episode. Right? There's so many different ways we could go. Exactly. So, Kobe White. You're pretty high in Kobe White. Yeah, I mean, I am high in Kobe White. I think that um, I think that there's a lot of things that make him really intriguing. And he's the kind of player who kind of just, uh, you know, he kind of takes off out of nowhere, right? And then, like, people didn't see him coming, and he ends up being the steal of the draft. Like, he's... He's that kind of player to me. Um, I do definitely have some concerns, though. Uh, it feels like, you know, he, he has he scores like something like thirty four percent of his points in transition, which right, which is a really good thing and a really bad thing. Well, that's you the know, thing, yeah. in, in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, it means that like him and Levine would be unbelievable in transition for sure. Right. Like, we would automatically become one of the best transition teams in the league, probably, especially with Laurie and everybody else who can rim run. But right. uh, he's not the that's... he's not the worst defender too, but I mean he's definitely not the best. Um, yeah. Really good in transition. He's he's an okay shooter. He, yeah, you know, high motor too. Right. So I mean, technically, like, who do you see? Who do you see as like player comparison, like a floor and a ceiling for Kobe White? Um, I think he's the kind of guy. I think he's going to hang around in the league. I think okay, ceiling. I don't think he's going to get this, but I kind of see like I kind of see like some De'Aaron Fox in there. Yes, that, that was exactly the ceiling that I was going to say, too. Like, I yeah. don't see him necessarily going past where De'Aaron Fox is right now. But, like, if if that's, you know, if, if like, a 17 and 6 guy is, is what we have, like, that's not bad. That's the thing, yeah. I mean, at this point, like, you know, Levine's going to have the ball most of the time. Lori's going to need some shots. So, like, we're really just going to have a, you know, we need to have a guy who can play defense and, you know, can shoot and can do some stuff. Right, and so, it's like, not like, great. and it's not like we need scoring. You know, like that—that's not what what exactly we need. We, I mean, we need people out there who are a threat from deep, who are a threat, you know, to drive and kick. Like, oh, you know, that's what we need out of a point guard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we don't need twenty points per game from whoever we take a point guard. Like, for sure, I'll we don't need it, that. Like, but we don't need it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, we just need him to play a role. So I think that uh, I think White's a, a really good shout. I'm just not entirely sure if he's going to be there when we pick. Right. Uh, yeah, because we do have the Phoenix Suns, and and I don't think that's a guy we trade up for. Yeah. No, I'd be I'd be hesitant to do it. Um, it, you know, I mean, if if all of our guys are gone at that point, like anybody who we're high on, you know, is gonna, are going to be gone at that point. But I think if we can take a punt on someone like Cam Reddish or something like that, or even Jarrett Culver, I feel like if they're there at seven, like it's not worth trading. One, one of them will. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, so so I, I don't think that we're gonna end up with Kobe White. I don't think he'll make it past Phoenix. No. All right, you gonna talk about our guy Pat Beverly? I mean, we've had some we've had some interesting, interesting Twitter. So, you know, we we've had some substance there on Twitter. Patrick Wait. Beverly is either fucking with us and he's an asshole for it, and I hate him, or yeah. he is trying to will his way to Chicago. I don't know which one it is. I don't know what kind of level troll Patrick Beverly has the capabilities of being. I mean, technically, like from the outside looking in, if I wasn't a Bulls fan and this was going on, but he had no intentions of signing with Chicago, say it was, say he was from 
say he was from you know Phoenix or something like that. And you know he was he was hinting at going to his hometown team, and he didn't. I, I'd laugh my ass off. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely. I I don't know. I mean, he's been happy with the Clippers. They have a young point guard, right? Yep. They have young talent. He doesn't necessarily like. He kind of fits their timeline, but they're kind of doing one of those like rebuild through staying competitive, like one of those things that like we could have done while keeping Jimmy Butler, but like not necessarily. Like they're they're doing an interesting take on a re. It's it's hard to explain, like really. Yeah, I mean they've essentially you know signed as many mid tier deals as they can, who and a lot of them turned out to be really good, and then they kind of all had the contracts expire at the same time. They're gonna really yeah. throw some money. So that's the thing. I don't. I think it's gonna be tough for them to keep Beverly because he's gonna want money, and I don't think that they're gonna be willing to pay him. I think they're they have their eyes on bigger fish. Right, and yeah, they're one of those people who who aim to be players in free agency. They aim for Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant. I the latest on Kevin Durant is if he doesn't go to Brooklyn with Kyrie, he's going to the Clippers. That's yep. today's rumor. I don't know what tomorrow's rumor is going to be because with Kevin Durant, I mean, it's different every day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the guy with Kyrie, you know, Kawhi, was like, yeah, yeah. nobody knows what's happening in free agency. That's why the NBA is so great. Right. But yeah. I think NBA Beverly has the be great. Right. NBA has the best offseason. I fucking love it. So we're almost there, guys. We are almost there. We are 12 days away from the NBA draft when everything fucking happens. So um, today is Saturday, by the way. So I'll, re- I'll release the podcast now, but you probably won't listen until tomorrow, which will be Sunday, which will be 11 days to the draft. So I'm getting excited, but like it still seems so far away, right? Oh yeah, it's been brutal, man. I've just I know whole build up like you're looking at all these prospects and you like oh I I basically spent all of last year hyping up Michael Porter Jr. But um, here we are. And I really thought the Kings were going to take him, and then he slid past us, and then he slid like eight more spots. So I'm like, I don't know if we necessarily made the wrong move, depending on what his medicals were saying. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe that he slept. Uh, he went past Cleveland, anyways. Like I couldn't believe it. I thought for sure they were going to take him. Right. So Pat Beverly, um, 38% shooter career from three point. Um, and, and it's not a small sample size. I mean, he shoots, you know, over four a game. He shoots like every season. He's shot more than half of his shots from the three point line. And basically he either shoots within 10 feet or from the three point line. And the Milwaukee Bucks were so successful this year. Number one, because of Giannis, but number two, because their entire team was either shooting threes or they're shooting at the rim. That's the new style of the NBA, the one that succeeds. And Pat Beverly fits that mold. The only problem is he is he's currently 30. So we sign him. He's not going to be a long term. He's not going to be a long term option. So like that's my only problem with him is he might not be, you know, our answer. Like we want somebody long term, but if that's the case, do we, you know, do we sign him to be our starting, or I was going to say starting quarterback, um, starting point guard, and like, and then just reevaluate again in three, four years? Like, you know, how does that look? Or do we like essentially want a bigger fish, either one of these draft picks or a D'Angelo Russell type, still try to 
still try to lure Pat Beverly in by trading Chris Dunn's contract, trying to get rid of Felicio's contract to garner enough money to do both of these things um, and, and try to make them like a, a three-man point guard rotation, you know, three-man guard rotation with Zach Levine, a Russell type, and Patrick Beverly. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways that we can work with Beverly. Um, and I would be, honestly, I would be completely fine if we brought him in to be kind of like a short-term starting point guard for the next few years if we actually had a plan to acquire our long-term guy, which that's the thing. It's going to be really tough to do because, you know, in a few years, like there, there's pretty much nothing next summer. And the year after that... Except for, except for the debate. draft, but... Right, except for the well, draft, which which is supposedly loaded with point guards. I say supposedly now... Because it's July of the, you know, it's it's June of the year before. Like, there's still over a year before we draft these guys. And, like, many of these guys can fall off the fucking radar. Oh, that happens all the time. Yeah, like, five-star recruits go undrafted. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean it's, 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 it's happened with, like, what, Duvall and, and guys like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, a lot of guys who went to Duke. Um, I think that, uh, I think that Beverly is, yeah, I mean... Honestly, he's who I want. He's my absolute number one free agent target. That's absolutely who I want. Um, it really seems like he wants to come to us, but to, even to me, that's weird because I think Beverly, like, yeah, he's thirty. He's turning thirty-one in July, I think. He's mm-hmm. a seasoned dude. Like, he's a you know, he, the guy played like years in Russia and China and stuff. Like, he's yeah, he didn't here. even come into the league until he's twenty-four. Yeah, he cemented his place in the league right now. Like, he, I would think that right now he'd want to go to a contender and like try to win. Like, it's weird to me that he wants to just come settle. Chicago like I don't know it's puzzling like you almost worry that if he just wants to come home get paid and chill like you almost worry about because that he's seen other people do it maybe yeah I mean yeah maybe that and then also just like I don't know it's he just doesn't seem like, like the kind of guy who's gonna you know use his last big contract to go to a rebuilding team right I mean does he does he see Jabari Parker and Dwayne Wade and be like I just want to get paid and like well, that's the thing. You know, they, they, they tend to do they that know. with the hometown hometown guys. I mean, Jabari Parker, like, you, you can't – like, I knocked the fuck out of the Dwayne Wade acquisition. Um, mm-hmm. I was pissed when it happened. I was pissed all season, and I was pissed the next season. Like, that move pissed me off. But, like, Jabari Parker doesn't really piss me off because we ended up trading for Otto Porter, and you can say he's overpaid all you want, but, I mean, he, he unlocked – in February, he unlocked Zach Levine and Laurie Marketing. Like his presence, like helped our offense so much. So, like if he's overpaid for two years, I don't really give a fuck. Like, me too. Right. Like, yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't I don't care about you know his contract, whatever. Right now, like he's an absolutely perfect fit for us. Right. Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, Beverly. I would be more than happy for us to throw him like uh, you know, kind of do like what the Sixers did with JJ Redick. Even if we gave Beverly like one year, fifty and mil, some of that, I'd be honestly happy just doing that. I think he can do a lot of good for this team. What is that the most you would pay for him? Uh, yeah, that seems about right. I mean, I think that's a yeah, it's it's you know kind of based off the JJ Redick thing. I who, think Beverly's a really high level role player. But who else is paying him fifteen million dollars? That that is our bidding. Yeah, I mean, well, that's uh, that's just what I'm putting. Like, that's what I'm. It can't saying. be the Clippers. Get them cheaper. That'd be great. Yeah, there's right. no way the Clippers are going to pay him that. I think that lots of other teams are going to want to go for him, though, in our situation. Yeah. But I mean, I think those lots of other teams, quote unquote, are maybe only going to offer him five, six because 
not a, a ton of teams don't have cap. Yep. I yeah, mean, get them like, for 10 million. You know, maybe if the six, like somebody like the Sixers, I actually see him as a really good fit because he can shoot next to Ben Simmons. He can coexist with Ben Simmons and they could have cap space if they don't get Tobias Harris and Jimmy or both Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. So, yeah. And yeah, he and Simmons would be nice too defensively. Like they'd be, they'd be unreal. Right. So I think that's a, that's a situation that we could look out for because there's, there's a decent chance they could lose out on both Tobias and Jimmy. Um, Jimmy, I see as much as I want to be like, Oh, he's coming back to the bulls. I I know you fucking hate him, but as as much as like, I'd like, right. As as much as I'd love to see a backcourt of him and Zach Levine. um, I don't think that's actually going to happen. That's not realistic. Um, I guess there's a slim chance. Like it could happen. Like he still like he still has love for the city and for the Bulls. He has love for Jim Boylan, that's for sure. Um, and, and he's been on record saying he loves our young core. Yeah, um, I mean for sure. But, right. It, I, I just I I think that'd be a dirty backcourt and like having Otto Porter out there to shoot. Like we'd be giving him the team we never did. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, was, let, let's throw let's let's just throw that out right now. Like let's get rid of it. Terry Rozier. What do you think about Terry Rozier? Scary Terry. I think he's got a dope nickname. Yep. I think he had one good show out performance in the playoffs. Um, but other than that, like he's like never shot over 40% from the field. He's been an okay three-point shooter, except for this year. He shot like 25% from three. One of the big things for me is is three is being a three-point threat. And, I can say he's probably more of a three-point threat than Dunn because he'll at least shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, people will guard him out there. And people did this year, and they shut him down. Yep. Um, yeah. But, like, his playoff performance, I don't want to say it was a fluke because I do think he does have a lot of talent. I think he's an arrogant asshole. I don't, I don't think his arrogance matches his talent. For sure. Um, when I was making notes for this video, when I put for cons on him, or for this podcast, for when I put cons for him, first put, first one, I just put douchebag. He and is I feel a like douche. Simple enough. He's a fucking douchebag, and I don't want him on this team at all. I don't think he's a great fit. I, he's going to be selfish. He's going to try to take 20 shots a game and try right. to make he, a team. I don't know who's going to pay him. him. Right. I don't, I don't know who's going to pay him, but he, like Bobby Portis for us, declined a $12 million offer. Yep, someone's going to gonna pay him big. This is like a Sacramento. And, and, and that's a fucking mistake. Like, it's, it's probably going to be like maybe the Phoenix Suns or somebody like that. But. Oh, that'd be such a brutal <laughs> And that would not but, work. Like, so he had his playoff performance in 2000, uh, last year. So 2018. He, you know, did pretty well. But like, the thing you need to understand is we don't run the Brad Stevens system. Brad Stevens, like turns okay players into like really good system players. Like he runs a system that like nobody scores in the high twenties except for, you know, Isaiah Thomas. But like, I mean, he's vital, like revitalized guards, like Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley, Terry Rozier, Marcus smart. Like he does that because they play in a system and what we want, like, I mean, we, we want to run our team through, I mean, two hopeful stars and Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen. If we get another big, you know, big name star, like we run it through them, but that's not Terry Rozier. 
Yeah, no, no way. This is a this is a really rough fit, and then I know we're gonna have to really pay for him too if we want to bring him in. I I have pretty much zero interest. In, you, uh, you know, you know what his playoff performance actually reminded me of last year. What Nate Robinson? I was gonna say Nate Robinson uh, on the Bulls in 2014. Um, yeah, yeah. He was a system player. Tom Thibodeau like loved that system point guard. Like he ran his his offense through the point guard. So, like, I mean, he even made people like Aaron Brooks successful. And I think Aaron Brooks is fucking trash and, you know, hurt our team in the long run. But, like, in games, he can make that point guard look like a fucking star. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, but because they built, yeah, they built that team off of a star point guard that essentially that's what that's what the Brad Stevens system is, is they had Isaiah Thomas be the star point guard, Kyrie Irving, um, so even when they're running the bench unit, that's what's going on. Terry Rozier fit into – Terry Rozier was trying to play Kyrie Irving's role last year. Yep, pretty much. Nate Robinson was playing Derrick Rose's role. So, Absolutely. And honestly, I don't even think Boston's going to let him go. I think he was being a, he's being a douchebag at the end, but I think Kyrie's probably going to leave. And yeah. as a result, I think he's just going to overpay him. That's another douchebag. Yep. Great player, douchebag. Um, yep. All right, let's let's talk about these two guys. There's Mike Conley and Drew Drew Holiday, both garnering massive contracts. We can technically trade for them mm-hmm. um, using our pick, and I believe our pick Felicio and Dunn will do it. As far as like salary goes, like yeah. we can intake the 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 difference between those guys easily. Yeah. Maybe even just Felicio. Um, one, we'd be getting rid of Felicio. Like, we don't have to see fucking Shrek ever again. Yeah. Um, because likely he's getting stretched or cut somewhere else. Um, but do you want either of those guys? I mean, do you see any any benefit from having those guys on the team? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I think I think there'd be benefit. I think uh, th- that's the that's the level of player that we want to be our point guard for sure. Like they're both borderline all star kind of guys. Like right, they're both they're, they're both fringe all stars. Like that that's what they are, and they're not going to be high volume scorers. Like yes, they both get about twenty points a game, at, you know, year in and year out. But they both distribute the ball very well. Drew yeah. Holiday is a great defender. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday would be the guy that that kind of intrigues me. Yeah, I would rather Holiday than Conley, but uh, honestly, I don't want either of them because of the fact right. that they're uh, well. First of all, Mike Conley's really injury prone. He has been for a while. That, and then um, also like Holiday, Holiday and Conley, like they're both they have huge contracts and they're much older. They're both wrong side of thirty, and I just think that. They don't fit our timeline at all, so we'd, we'd bring them in, and we'd really have to give up assets for them too. The number seven pick and done, or that, those are assets there. That we we don't right. want to give for like a two year guy because we're not going to so, spend. Yeah, and Conley Conley would be two years, so Conley would be uh, through twenty twenty one. He'll be making thirty four point five million dollars, and uh-huh. to me, that's that's way too much. Um, yeah. He will be he'll be thirty one at the time. Um, Drew Holiday will be 31 at the time his is done, but he has an extra year on the contract. So, yeah. I mean, if if you want to look at, like, contention window, 
by the last year of Drew Holiday's contract, ideally that's when we do want to be contending. And he might still have some gas left in the tank afterwards where he, I mean, he definitely doesn't sign for $26 million a year like he would be now. But do you see that being a guy like, I mean, potentially if you sign him for another four-year contract at $18 million or, you know, I mean, I I guess the salary influx is going to happen where currently what he's making isn't going to be as big of a deal as it is now because the, the, the cap is fucking skyrocketing like left and right. I remember when Joe Johnson just a couple of years ago was the highest paid player in the league um, making $25 million a year. I remember when it, we signed uh, Jimmy Butler for 19 and I was like, holy fuck. Okay. Like I'm glad we have him around. That's a lot of money. I know. <laughs> like, right. So like Joe Johnson, a couple of years ago, I believe was dethroned shortly by LeBron James and then right after by Mike Conley for the highest paid player in the league. Yep. Yeah, I remember that Mike Conley contract. It was uh, the biggest in NBA history, I think, at the time. Right. And and that's that's actually was the time that I wanted to sign him. And then I saw that contract and I'm like, fuck that. Yeah, no way we would have no way. I remember the year, the year he signed that contract was was a year that I'm like, I would love Mike Conley on this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, anyway, so we're both in agreement that like Jew Holiday wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Nope. So you know that's that's essentially a thing. Um, that'd be that'd be interesting if the Knicks threw if if we gave up our seventh pick, mm-hmm. the Knicks gave up their third pick and other assets for Anthony Davis. They can essentially have Zion Williamson, Cam, uh, Cam Reddish, and RJ Barrett. <laughs> and just build Duke. I've been pumping this one a lot because I just love the idea of it. I think it's hilarious. And and then Coach K comes out in his coaching. <laughs> I think they lure him. That'd be awesome. In his coaching, in his coaching Pelicans to a championship in five years. <laughs> That'd be so great. But uh, I just I, I don't know, man. Like Drew, like him, he'd be great. But number seven's a big asset for a guy who's not going to be you know, really our long-term answer. And yet, even if we are contending in the last year of his contract, you know, he'll be older then. And then like, do we really want to give him another like four he'll years? Be, I mean, he'll be 31 and then 35. I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, I mean, yeah, right. And, and Drew, Drew holiday is a pretty, I mean, he's a pretty sturdy dude. So like, that's the one that I, that intrigues me. I'm not jumping at the gun to do it, but I'm like, huh, that, that might be something. Cause I, I, you know, I thought Chris Dunn's potential was perfect next to Zach Levine. That that showed to be, you know, not shit. But Drew Holiday would be like the perfect backcourt duo with Zach Levine. Oh, he's perfect. Yeah, and his uh, and his play style, like it, it's the th- kind of play style that lasts even when you get older. So, right. Uh, yeah. If we're gonna do one of these two trades, it has to be Holiday. I'm gonna be really pissed if we trade for Mike Conley. Right, and and essentially, like all of his, all of Drew Holiday's years, he's been in a multi-ball handler system. I mean, multi-ball yeah. handler in Philly because Philly didn't really have anyone, and that's that's when he was just kind of coming up, and he was their best player, but he was their only player. Um, and then I, I believe he was playing like multi-ball handler system. Was he playing with Michael Carter Williams? Yeah, in Philly for a bit. Yeah. Right. I remember, I remember I really wanted him then, too. I thought the Pelicans, like, it was a great move that they, that they brought him in. 
Right. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I love Drew Holiday. Um, much better than his dipshit brother. Oh, fuck is he ever? Right. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Fucking Justin. I, 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 I guarantee in like two years we're going to get Justin Holiday on a minimum contract again. Fuck, I don't even want him we, with that. We're like, we're like fucking soulmates with Justin Holiday. <laughs> At least he seems like a we, nice guy. He plays guitar in the Run With Us videos. Right. Yeah, I I uh, I sympathize with that because I, you know, I, I like playing guitar as well. So, yeah, Lonzo Ball. That that's been the biggest name linked with Chicago. The yeah. idea there is is acquiring him in an Anthony Davis trade. Him and his dad do not want to go to New Orleans. Maybe that's changed though because now they they have Zion Williamson coming in. Um, that actually could be pretty dirty. Lonzo Ball lobs to Zion Williamson. Well, it would be mental. It's like Brandon, Brera, not Brandon. Uh, yeah, Brandon Ingram, you know, in there as well, as well as Darius Garland or something like that. Oh, it'd be insane. That, that could be that could be wild. Um, and Lonzo is uh, there's a lot to him there, but uh, for me, the biggest concern, even I'm more concerned about his dad being an asshole than his free throw shooting, which is abhorrent as well. Right, I just, and, and I was you know, watching the fact, say, the fact that you even had to say like his he and his dad don't want to go to the Pelicans. Like the fact that we know that that like, that's a problem. Like I don't want to have fucking Lavar Ball on undisputed like every three weeks talking about like Boylan and like Levine not getting him the ball and all that bullshit. Yeah, and, and Laurie Markkinen like he <laughs> Lavar Ball probably is on. Twitter and is reading Ron's thing about Larry Markin is just a he's just a Brook Lopez wannabe. Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, I, I can see I can see Ron representing Lonzo Ball like really hardcore. I know, right? Um, yeah. So I, I was watching. Yeah, I think it was first take. It was, it was one of those shows. It might have been first yeah. take. I don't know. Um, he was on ESPN the other day, and this fucking guy. Was like, oh, I, I could fix Lonzo Balls. I could fix, I could fix Lonzo's, uh, you know, free, you know, free throw, you know, his free throws. But that's not, that's not the, you know, that doesn't matter as much. And they're like, yeah, I mean, free, you know, shooting forty-two percent is really bad. And he goes, oh, I can fix that easily. And then they're like, well, why don't you? And he goes, I don't want to. <laughs> like you're a fucking <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> Such an like, asshole. Oh. Like eat shit and like. His big like beef with the Lakers right now. I mean, are you hearing what this is? Is that they're not signing uh, Leangelo? Like, yeah, he, he wants all of his boys to be on the same team. And like, imagine that fucking nightmare in Chicago. Oh my god! Imagine all like, three. Lonzo of them is that. Lonzo is a good kid, like to the core. Like, I, I truly believe he is. Yep. But like, that is a clown show. Yep, and I don't even mind Lamelo either. I think he's, he's I think he's gonna be a good player, but. I don't, you know, honestly, are any of them as good? Like, are they good enough to make up for that shit? Like, because imagine the toll Lavar has on a locker I think, room. Yeah, I, I think Lamelo has the highest ceiling. Yeah, he's sucks. Yeah, and and Lonzo, I mean, it goes to be seen. I mean, he could turn out to be a really good player. Like, I know his shot is ugly, but like, I mean, he at least shoots the ball and is like willing to work on it. Like, yep. I, I, I see potential there. Like I even see a thirty-five percent three-point shooter who gets eleven assists a game and can coexist with Zach Levine in a multi-ball handler system and make up for his defensive efficiencies. Like I see the potential there, 
But yeah, like, is it is it going to come into fruition? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, is it is it worth doing that? He's also, you know, there's also some durability questions as well. I don't think he's played over sixty games in his first two seasons. So there's that <laughs> no, as well. Yeah, I mean, about. you could say the same about Laurie Markkinen too. Mm-hmm. But. Us I, I mean, and, and you can say the same about Zach Levine. Like, you can say the same about a lot of guys. Yes. Um, which, I mean, then do we have a problem? Like, are we going to have other seasons where a lot of our guys have to sit 20 games due to injury? Um, I don't know. That, that's that's rough. Um, yeah. So, Lonzo Ball, like, that could also get pretty costly when you have to pay him and Laurie Marketing at the same time. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like it's a risk because, like, also, like, if his dad, you know, wants him to go somewhere, is he going to walk and go, like, you know, to somewhere where it's hotter? Is he going to go to fucking Phoenix? Like, like you never know, right? Like, yeah. So I mean, Chicago is one of his dad's preferred destinations, I believe. Well, yeah. I mean, he wants to go places like that. And, you know, his dad's going to want him back in L.A., like, anywhere closer, closer to family and all that shit. But the thing is, he actually has a huge pull. So I think it's a huge gamble bringing him in, man. Right. All right, so you gonna go speed round for the for some of the, some of these other mid tier guys? Yeah, definitely. We got. I was gonna say Nick again, Darren Collison, not Nick Collison. Yeah. Uh, Darren Collison, what do you think of him? Yeah. I, How much does it cost? Like What's his fit? Um, I don't. I don't think he'd be that expensive. I think even like six mil would probably get her done. He'd, yeah, he'd be a good budget guy. He's a great three point shooter. Oh yeah, he's unbelievable. He's, Rail thin, but he's a, a capable defender. Yep. He's not necessarily a three and D guy, but like he's a guy that can come out, get five assists, play off the ball, play on the ball. He can do a multitude of things. I don't see him as a long term starter or anything like that, but as a competent backup, hell yeah! Like if, if we draft, oh yeah, for sure. If, if we draft Darius Garland or Kobe White, you can bring Darren Collison in. For Kobe, I'd say for Kobe, I'd say to start first and then kobe you know develop in the system yep. darius to play as a backup that'd be I, a good option so you think six million dollars would do it yeah i think it would i don't think he would be that expensive i think six mil is probably around what you need to pay for him uh not sure not sure if indiana's gonna want to give him up i think they might go for kemba i think they might go for a bigger fish like that so i can yeah. see them letting him go and i would be really happy if we, really happy if we brought him in i think he's a really good fit Here's my – it's funny that you say that. Here's my thoughts on Indiana. They're mm-hmm. going to trade for Mike Conley. Really? I think so. I think that's going to happen. I think that's going to happen. That would be a good duo with him and Vic. Yeah, and it would be. But, I mean, even like – oh, I don't know. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they'd have to give up, though. And they're, but... a, they're like a pseudo-veteran team, um, yeah. kind of like a middle of the tier. I mean, like – they kind of remind me of the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, of the last couple of years. So, like, I mean, he'd fit in pretty seamlessly. Yeah, I mean, for sure. All right. Corey Joseph. What do you think of him? Hello. Oh. Corey yeah, Joseph. Yeah, you're back. Corey Joseph. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Corey Joseph. Um, well, I'm Canadian, so you know, obviously there's that bias there. He's Canadian, Corey Joseph. Um, but honestly, I don't really know if he's that much better than the point guards that we have. Like, I don't know no. if Corey Joseph's a lot better than Chris Dunn. Like, 
I don't know, man. Like he's not he'd a great be, player. Right. He'd be low budget, backup tier, does little things that you like teammates. Like he's a good teammate. That's what yeah. I see in Corey Joseph. He's a good teammate that can succeed in the right system, but like not as a starter. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like I think we'd just be bringing him in to take away more minutes from you know, either Shaq or Archie. So I don't really see much of a point bringing him in, even though he's Canadian and obviously that'd be cool. But like, he's not a great shooter. He shot like 32% last season. And I don't know. I just don't, I don't really see the fit there as well. If we're going to take an Indiana point guard, I, it's got to be Carlson. I'd love him. Right. I, I did too. Um, I've seen people online say, why don't we get Rondo back? I'm going to say, fuck that right now. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. I'm like not feeling that. Eat a fucking dick. We're not doing that again. Yep, 100%. No interest in that right. whatsoever. Austin Rivers. That That's one that I've, I haven't seen anybody say, but he's 26 years old. He's an okay player. What do you think of him? Um, I, I wouldn't be a big fan of bringing him in um, because of the fact that I don't know how great of a fit he is. Like, he's not an amazing shooter like – yeah, he had kind of a rough season this year shooting from three. He only shot like 30%, 32%. That, and then also, like, yeah. I feel like he wants, like, he feels like he deserves a bigger role than he really does. Yeah, uh, he's, he, right, his self-perception, I feel, is way different than his actual capabilities. So I'm going to say let's stay away from Austin Rivers. Are you in agreement there? Yeah, absolutely. He still thinks he's uh, high school Austin Rivers. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to touch that. All right, Rose is next on my list, but let's save him. Let's okay, go to yeah. Tomas Sadaransky. Okay, um, from, I like him. From watching us play against them, I think I think that he'd be a nice fit. He's a really good shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'd be a nice fit offensively and stuff. But from what I, I've heard, he hovers like, around. Yeah, he hovers mm-hmm. around forty percent each year. Yeah, yeah. From what I've heard, their fans hate him. Like they can't wait for him to leave. Really, he's a big body point guard. Yeah. Um, is he's very low usage. Yeah, I think I think the the fit is, is he's pretty young. I think the fit is okay. Yeah, like it's not the best thing that we can get, but like if we get Tomas Sadoransky and maybe one of those draft picks, that's not the worst thing in the world. Like I I would actually love that. He can play the one, the two, situational three. Um. And be effective. Like he did pretty well as a starter there. Washington's mad because they're overpaying John Wall, and he's hurt for another year. Yeah, after it, this, it's such a crazy situation. They have a crazy situation. They're not going to pay for Tomas Sadoransky. Nope, they can't. No they can't. They need to to rebuild. And I even hear they're interested in Lonzo Ball. Like they're they're ready to move on from the current situation, and to them, Tomas Sadoransky is just going to be a he's going to be a filler, you know. Yep. So Sadoransky is uh, I would like him just looking at just watching him play. I think he'd be a really nice fit. He can really shoot. Yeah, and he he finishes like seventy percent at the rim too. Yeah, Uh, yeah, he gets assists. Like he averages five assists a game. Like, you know, as a backup point guard, like, that's, I mean, he played, like, 27 minutes last year. Yeah, because he was starting a lot of the year. Yeah, but, um, I mean, I think, I think he'd be a nice fit. Yeah, like you mentioned as well, he's low usage. You know, he's not going to take up a lot of the ball. He's going to be able to, you know, stand and shoot and stuff. So, I think he's a pretty solid fit. I'd be, I'd be pretty happy with that. Yep. 
Um, let's go with Alfred Payton, triple double threat, bad shooter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and because of that, I feel like it kind of alleviates everything else. I mean, he's not going to have a lot of the ball here. And we really, right. really need a guy who can play off ball. I mean, he's young and all that kind of stuff. But I think uh, Orlando had some concerns with um, with how he is in the locker room, with his fit kind of like that. And then on top of that, he's not a great shooter uh, by any means. Yeah, he's a no. triple and all that. Yeah, but he's, he's not our guy. He's a very bad shooter, yep. Um, Ish Smith, I heard the Bulls were intrigued by Ish Smith, so that's a name that, I mean, honestly, is a, I would say one of the more likely scenarios that we bring in as a backup for a couple million dollars a year, even if we kept Chris Dunn, like him, a backup, and a draft pick, or, and, uh, whoever, you know? Yeah, um, I I can see this happening, this is a very Bulls signing. Right, Um, right. But a journeyman who, you know, he's a pretty decent guy in the locker room from what I hear. Yeah, from what I've heard. He's yeah, hit some, but yeah. He's not my guy, man. Like, nope. I'm, I'm not feeling it. He's, uh, right. he's not, he's basically, if you look at his numbers this year, like, he's pretty low efficiency and he can't really shoot. He's and basically kinda, a smaller Austin Rivers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I can see that. I mean, like, the Pistons were a team, like, they had this, like, you know, really fun front court. They had Blake Griffin and all that. And they had pretty much no, you know, no quality ball handling like whatsoever, and he was a pretty major part of that team. So right. I think Ish Smith is gonna—he's the kind of guy who's gonna put up okay numbers on really shitty teams for pretty much his whole career, like he has now. Right, yeah. Derek Fucking Rose. <laughs> there's there's like a lot and little to be said um, because I don't—I mean, like emotions can get in the way of this mm-hmm. of, of this idea. Yep, he I know. he had a very good season. He was shooting over forty percent from three, but then he fell off from three, and then he was he was shot like like twenty some percent over the last like couple months of the year, and then he had another surgery, another surgery like minor. Yeah, he just got some bone chips removed, but like, are, do we really want to go that route? Like, my heart says yes. My brain says probably not. It doesn't say definitely no. Oh, dude, man, this is the one that this tugs my heartstrings the most, man. He's my fucking favorite player ever. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't alive to witness most of Michael Jordan, so you know. Um, but Derek, so Derek Rose is my guy, man. He always has been. He's my favorite player. You know, I've have all kinds of Derek Rose stuff in my house and all that, but. We 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 can't do it, can we? Like I just I don't think it's I don't think it's the right move for us, unfortunately. But I really like, I still really want to do it. You know? I also I also think deep down in his heart he wants it. Yeah, me too. So like it's 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 really like there's not much to say about this. Like we know who Derrick Rose is. We know that he's come back and faced adversity. We know that he can be a pretty solid player. But like again, he's going to be a player. Like I mean. You can't rely on him as your starting point guard, that's for sure. But, yeah. like, he also, like, even when he was healthy this year, he had to miss, like, every third game, every fourth game, like, due to rest and, and you know, knee soreness and all that. So, I mean, it scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I mean, he needs to – he can be unbelievably useful, but you got to use him correctly, right? Like, I think that, you know, off the bench as a six man, just going out there and scoring and even, you know, playing in clutch situations and stuff, he's great. But again, yeah, like he played 51 games this year and, like, can, can we trust him to. Right. I don't if know, if we got. Time, I don't know. If we got, like, Garland, 
Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. If we bring in Derrick Rose, like he's obviously the best guard, the best point guard on our team. If we bring him in, of course, right? But you know, I, I have zero doubts of his talent whatsoever. But I mean, yeah, like the three point shooting concerns me. Like he ended up with thirty seven percent on the year when he was shooting like forty five, like forty three percent, like most of the season. So it's uh-huh. like, you know, that shows like I don't know, man. Like, but he really obviously is incredible. It wasn't injured. sustainable. Yeah, and you know he's going to try his ass off in Chicago, but does that mean that he's going to fucking tear his meniscus in his third game? Like, it's, it's tough to say, man. It really I know. It's, it's some I wild, wild shit. I can't say that if we brought him back, I wouldn't be completely overjoyed, though. Right. I even though, like, I see the fit. I see why we shouldn't do it. I see that he's turning 31 in October and all that, and I see, like, uh, he's gonna need shots. He's gonna take shots and stuff. But he's not. He's such a good guy. He's such a good locker room guy. He's not selfish. I think uh, short term answer. And he. I'm just talking myself into it, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, he's a guy like I've always said. Like, let's get Tosh back. Let's get if we don't get Lopez, get Joe back. Like, get some of these guys that know the Chicago way that can uh, that that cannot necessarily be a huge role for us but can be a mentor in Chicago. Um, But again, like hard says, yes. Mine says probably not. Yeah. You talk about not, you talk about like, you you said this a few times, not taking shots away from Zach, Laurie, Wendell Carter, Otto. What about D'Angelo Russell? This is one of my most intriguing. So at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about, uh, Alan Crap. So he just got traded to the to the Atlanta Hawks. They sucked in his eighteen million dollar salary. Gave up Torian Prince, but also got two first rounds in return um, from Brooklyn. Which I know it was a good move for Brooklyn, but it also is hilarious them like trading multiple first round picks again. I know, yeah, that's unreal. <laughs> like that was the first thing that my mind like looked at is is Brooklyn trades multiple first round picks. Um, Regardless, like I, I think they're in a decent situation because I, I think they're going to get free agents. Um, but looking at the potential of D'Angelo Russell, that's a guy that's going to take shots away from Zach and Laurie. But like yeah. that one, I might be okay with because he also he's another guy with star potential. I, I'd say he's on the same tier as Zach and Laurie, and having three of those guys is a damn good situation. No, you're not going to have the one of the top five players in the league and and that's what people say you need um and maybe that's true but you got three plenty above average guys at at their positions i mean you have three guys that are like that can potentially be top three top five guys at their position you know in a couple years that's not a bad situation if you put the right role players around them the problem is that that salary is is going to be inhibiting of getting those role players as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, D'Angelo Russell acquisition would be one that you're saying, if you can like dump Felicio and and trade a first round pick or whatever, um, just to get rid of that salary and get D'Angelo Russell, that's absolutely, you need to extend Chris Dunn because you can do that over the salary cap. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, I think D'Lo I, oh, if we have the opportunity to do it, I think we, I think we would be crazy not to because of the fact that, you know, he's gonna have trade value, right? Even if he doesn't fit with our team, 
we're right. going to be able to trade for someone pretty fucking good. So even if he doesn't fit, which it might be a rough one, him and Levine, like that might be questionable. It's two kind of ball dominant scorers, right? Who aren't, but I mean, but uh, D'Angelo, like he can make plays. Like he averaged seven assists this year. Like he can, he can move the ball for sure. Right. And, and we brought in his, his offensive coach, Chris Fleming. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I mean, a, that's, that's a guy a, like D'Angelo be Russell became an all-star under Chris Fleming's offense. Yep. I was pissed and it was he, over Zach Levine, but he became the all-star. Yep. And even though, uh, oh, like, Russell, he shoots, like, 43% from the field even still. But, I mean, but he, he was, also, like, the primary But he offense. also shoots, like, that from three. Like, he shoots, yeah. like, 38. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's guy, he's the like, guy we can potentially... Right, we can right. potentially have four starters that shoot over thirty-eight percent from three. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Imagine that's the thing if we did that. Also, right. when it comes to that, you know, people saying that you know you need a top five player in the league to win a championship, I think I personally think that's bullshit. Honestly, right. because the fact that I think if you have star players combined with great role players, you can win a championship. Honestly, exactly. I don't think it. I think it's it's about that combo, right? If you have go-to guys. You know, I think as long as you have a go-to guy, like there's a reason that the Clippers were never going to win the championship this year, even though they had like all these great role players. It's because they didn't have like the go-to dude in the clutch, right? In that situation. Right. So I think that you need that go-to guy. But I think, you know, we have guys like that already. Like as long as you, we have, we're going to have three all-star caliber players if we bring in uh, D'Lo. And even though, yeah, they might not be top five guys, like they're all-star caliber dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, essentially, we're looking at possibly potential deep playoff runs. Um, I mean, we we could be we can be a better version of the Portland Trail Trailblazers to the Trail Trailblazers Trailblazers. Yeah. Um, you know, with with two guys that can pop and drive and play well off of each other. One thing you got to do when you're looking at some of these players is watch dude there's an hour-long video of chris fleming running german offenses and it is beautiful it is beautiful like i was up you know with with my newborn when we hired chris fleming and this is the point where you know it's hard to get him back to sleep so i'd be up with like an hour with him i literally watched his offense for like for like an hour and a half i just watched like different videos um and it is a thing of beauty, the the ball movement that goes on. He would be running Zach and D'Lo and Otto and Laurie like fucking wide receivers out there. Oh, fuck, dude. Imagine, like, the screens and stuff, them running around. Like, our offense would be so much fun. Right, and that that's where you really got to trust in Wendell Carter to, number one, be a great rim protector uh, because people are going to people are gonna get past D'Angelo Russell and, and uh, Zach Levine. But, like, in my ideal situation – you don't necessarily need to like you can have two deficient guards you know as, as far as defense goes out there as long as you have a third guy to balance them them out like a guy that can come in and play with each of them split you know 36 minutes a piece of like a guy who could be a one or a two who can play with Zach Levine or D'Angelo Russell at either time and stagger their minutes a little bit um, just to kind of even out their defense yeah. In the meat of the game, because the meat of the game, the, the second quarter, the third quarter, third quarter especially, that's where we got fucked. Fucked yeah. in the ass this whole season was the third uh, quarter. We'd be in yeah. games, and then boom, 
gone. Fucking well, how gone. How many first halves were we like, you know, down three or something right. like teams? And then we lose by like 15. It's like, what the fuck happened? Third quarter. Third quarter happened. First quarter, we were really solid team, in my opinion. Um, I'm not going to pull up the numbers right now because I'm pretty fucking lazy, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's D'Angelo Russell is, is an intriguing option, and I would be ecstatic if we can get him. And like you said, if it doesn't work out, he has great trade value. He has more trade value than Jabari Parker does. And Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis netted us Otto Porter. Like, yep. if that doesn't happen, some guy in three years will turn into Drew Holiday, and we can get that, you know, a younger version of that. So, absolutely, we can. Yeah. Like, like D'Lo, he's gonna have, he's gonna have trade value, man. He's an all star, and he's like, he's a dynamic shot creating guard. He can move the ball. Like, teams love guys like this, right? And even right. if he doesn't, and he's, he's fun. I mean, he's, he's also friends. I mean, with some of the, I mean, he's good friends with Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns. Like, he is tight with people around the league, except for Nick Young. <laughs> yeah. So, and also, right. like, he would bring some some much needed attention, I think, to this team as well. Like, I mean, analysts aren't talking about how fucking good this young core is. And well, I feel like if we bring in D'Lo, he's gonna he's gonna bring in some exposure too. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is again our Chicago media that. <laughs> People yeah. just like, oh, the Chicago media hates the Bulls, so we're not going to pay attention to the Bulls. Um, Honestly, but yeah. D'Angelo yeah, Russell is, I mean, that that is like the top situation for me. Um, yep, yeah, too. let's go off of this, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a tier calculator, one of those tier lists, and I'll share it on Twitter and all that um, based on what we said today. But other than that, Thank you for coming on. How did you like your first episode as a co-host here? And we'll, we'll have you back many other times. All right. Yeah, man, it was, it was great. Yeah. I'm really excited. It's a great opportunity to be able to talk bulls with, um, with somebody else who actually, you know, really understands bulls and, you know, people are listening to it too. Right. So that's great. Right. So yeah, happy to be. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll be back. Um, Ryan and I will be back for a, a pre-draft episode. Hopefully within the week um, before the draft. And then maybe we'll do another live stream during the draft. So if you're looking for that, follow us on Twitter at bully pulpit pod, follow Vic on Twitter at Vic selbs, V I C S E L B Z Y T. He makes good YouTube videos. He just came out with a two part series um, of a mock draft where he had Goga Blysdale going number one. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, any final words before I cut this off? Uh, please bring me Patrick Beverly, uh, guard packs. Please, please <laughs> just do it. Don't ignore he's it. In, Don't he's in it. Chicago all week, so. Yep, just do it. Right on. All right, I'm with you there. Uh, again, Bully Pulpit Podcast, um, and we will be back. Goodbye. <laughs>